This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 887, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Josh Flanagan, 
Connor is not here this week. Apparently, he has taken to privateering the trade routes of the Mediterranean. That's what he does. So that's that's, that's the God's honest 100% truth. Sure. Uh, my pal, comicbook.com's own Jim Viscardi is with us today. Hello, everybody. Hey. I would like I, to know more about Connor's pirating adventures. I it Really, it came from out of nowhere. He... <laughs> He ended up in some in some shady Reddit threads. Oh. Before you know it, he uh, he that sounds about right. Bought himself a, a monkey that he kept on his and he just started swearing, but like mm-hmm. the old timey swearing. It was, the pandemic was hard for it was everybody. Crazy, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's amazing the way that kind of stress comes out. <laughs> this is uh, pick of the week number eight hundred and eighty seven. Numbers that scare me every time. That every week, so many. I know. <laughs> it was like I don't know how to stop. Like, would, 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 would you, I was like, I, I, I don't even think about not doing it because you do it. It's just like you have to do the dishes. You have to do this. This is more fun than the dishes. But well, not this part is. But the rest of it sucks. Uh, every week, <laughs> when somebody picks a pick of the week, they that's the book they like the best from their stack of comics. We call that the pick of the week. Uh, we will talk about that comic book. We will talk about other comic books. There is a patron pick. Uh, we will answer some listener mail if we have time. There will be spoilers if you have not read the the books and this week i have the pick uh so i just went straight through that i do you want to add anything to that portion because no, it's no, be me talking that, a long time yeah yeah no no that makes a that makes a ton of sense yeah yeah <clears throat> pretty so, straightforward <laughs> it's, it's pretty well practiced the hunger in the dusk number one is my pick of the week uh story is by g willow wilson uh art by and i will have not fixed the typo on on, on jim's script we'll, we'll say chris, should say chris wild goose uh which is a great name all on its own but his says christ wild goose which really is a guy you would remember from college and then coming up hot on on chris's heels is color by sasik yep m s a s s y k as a comic book professional are you familiar with that name no okay uh, letters by Simon Boland, a number I am, a, a name I am familiar with. Um, this one's out from IDW. Um, I had no idea it was coming. I I had no thoughts about it. I I I buy. I listen to. I read. I can't talk. I'm, it's been a long day and it's hot. So deal with that. You know, a, a sort of uh, a well-known creator comes out with a uh, creator-owned book from, in this case, IDW, and I think, well, I should probably check that out. Um, and what we have here is is a pretty basic fantasy story. There are humans, there are orcs, uh, the land is dying, there is a threat, uh, the humans and the orcs have some history together, and and the thing here is that they must learn to work together and uh, all of those tropes to you might sound quite familiar uh, because they are quite well worn. However, and there are a lot of fantasy books out there and people building their own worlds and coming up with stuff. And there are various levels of skill and craft. But I think the th- this is a genre I actually like quite a bit, but I don't see it done well all that often. Mm. And um, with did you read this? I did read it. And okay, I actually, okay. re- and I re- really liked it. It was one of those things where I traditionally don't actually hate fantasy. And right. this was really good. I'm glad to hear that because it, it was a lot simpler 
than a lot of these are. And I think that mm-hmm. a lot of that comes down to the fact that G. Willow Wilson is at this point definitely a veteran of the form. And yep. so when she came to it, she knew enough not to way overdo it, which is what a lot of uh, younger or less experienced creators do is they get really into the idea of building this world and then you get into it and there's like, they've created a whole slang, they've created, uh, uh, you know, different species and races and all this stuff and it's too much and you do not care. Mm-hmm. This one, it gets you in with with um, things that you absolutely recognize. Like they're like, orcs are coming. I was like, all right. And they look like orcs. It's not like there's no reinventing of the wheel. It's just no. applying storytelling to to something that we understand, which gets you into it a lot faster. And there's, I'm not going to say it's it's minimalistic, but it's just done with craft. And and so what we have is uh, basically there's a human. Uh, the orcs fought him once and he killed a bunch of people, so they respect him. So when they come together. The head of the orcs uh, recommends that he says, I demand that I that I get to work with this guy. And and the thing that he's doing is he's he's uh, loaning, I guess, the services of their best healer, uh, a a a fetching as far as orcs go, young woman. And obviously there's some sparks that go between the man and the, the and the woman, uh, you know, the human man and the, and the lady orc. Uh you know, that are going to, and it's a, you know, fish out of water, will they, won't they, whatever it is. Like, it's all those things. Um, but it's done, it's done really well. It's, uh, it's done by someone who knows how to make comic books and tell a story. And that makes a ton of difference. Um, Chris Wild Goose, again, I just, I love saying it. It's, that name is wonderful. I feel like I know the name, but I don't know from where, but art was great. The art was exactly what it needed to be. Um, again, not a reinvention of what these things look like. You know, it's, it's, you know, it, if you, if you saw that this was uh, concept art for world of Warcraft, you would be like, yeah, that makes sense. That works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the storytelling is, is, is strong. The, the character design, I know who I'm looking at at all times, which is really good, especially yes. with the orcs. Um, and, and, you know, all the humans, again, that's the thing that's hard for people to do. There's a lot of books that come out from image, you know, and they've got big eyes and I don't mean the people, I mean the creators, you know, like we can do all this stuff and they overreach and it makes it confusing. Whereas it didn't happen in this once, which is really impressive to me in this like sort of subgenre of comics. Um, and as I was reading it, I just kept thinking, actually, I run really, I, I like, I was becoming cognizant of the fact that I was really enjoying it because I went into it. Like I do most comic books that I don't know anything about with like skepticism. I was like, all right, this is bad. Let's get it over <laughs> with. But I love it. Like when you, well, I click, think one of the things that, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. One of the things no, that like you could, surprised me about this though, was, um, it, it's, a, it, it's the, vi- there's violence in this book. Yeah. And I don't want to say it's like subtle, but like, no. It is incredibly well used and um, and well placed violence. You know what I, I would say? Uh, it was in this book. I think it occurs twice. It's very fast. Yes, everything is calm and quiet. There's not even a sense of danger. And then extreme violence. And then an orc gets, an orc gets its yeah. head cut off. <laughs> and then it's over. And that happens a couple of times. And I and I I I don't. It's an interesting thing to see in a comic book. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it happens, but I don't know that I've noticed it in this way. And and like like because it'll be calm and everybody be fine, and all of a sudden, danger! Slap slap slap! It's over. 
mm-hmm. you know, three pages or whatever. And and it, like the action scenes, there's not a lot of like establishing shots. It's all right. close into what is happening as if you were standing there. And then it's then it's sort of over. And I think that that's probably I was going to say realistic, but I feel like like whenever you think about like battles, like war, mm. ba- you know, I, I think it's always much shorter than you imagine. And it, but it also like it, it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it makes it you know it makes turning the pages uh, a lot more fun. I do also need to call out um, Miss Sassic. It's good color colorings. Yeah, because right. it is it is great uh, to me. It, it is it is some great coloring because I think uh, like the the art the art is great, but I think um, a lot of work is done here in setting each of the scenes. Um, with color. It's interesting by saying that in the way that we were talking about action, if you look at the, if you just like flip through the pages really quickly, it's like yellow and brown and pastoral. And then it starts to get a little darker. And then when the stuff happens, it's red. Mm-hmm. And then when it's over, we pull out, it's darker. It gets, it's, it's goes back to sort of what it was, but it's a little darker. And then there's like a fire and then we skip some time and we're we're in a green field and again it starts getting more and more gray until the violence happens and then it's red mm-hmm. again. Yep. Really interesting. It's yeah. like a, it's a real narrative approach to color. Mhm. Yeah. And it's a so, difficult name. I feel yeah. bad cuz the person, you know, has a name. That's what I don't know right. why I'm thinking it's a woman. I think it's because it starts with MS like Ms, but I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I don't, you know, and uh it's it's a good job uh in that way. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was surprised. And then sort of, I was looking at my, my books, like what is going to be my pick? And I was like, I, I think I enjoyed and was pleasantly surprised by this more than anything. Um, you know, cause you just take such well-worn tropes and you just, you just do it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun. And like, this is the thing, like it didn't feel like a chore reading this. No. Where, uh, some of the other books I read while I enjoyed them, mm-hmm. uh, Felt a little bit like a chore. You, ch- you check the page count. Where am I? Yes. In this? Um, you know what, what? One other one other bit, and then we'll move on. Is that um, a lot of books uh, take a, a fantasy setting or something like that, and they either go full on serious, hmm. creating a dialogue. There's a lot of stuff going on. Forsooth, mm-hmm. by my lawn, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. And then the other swing is. Everybody's super jokey and funny. Right. Uh, such as the last Dungeons and Dragons movie, which I really enjoyed, but mm-hmm. it's hard to get away with that. Uh, yeah. And in this, I thought it wasn't super serious, but it, it was serious enough. And it wasn't really funny, but it it had its moments of lightheartedness, I thought. And it didn't overreach in either of those ways. It struck a really nice balance. It wasn't trying to impress me. It wasn't trying to get by on its on jokey demeanors or like mm-hmm. roguishness or whatever. Uh, again, it's a duff, it's a, it's a difficult, uh, like a uh, tightrope to walk. I think to yep. get that right. Great pick. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm really glad that you liked it too. Cause sometimes when you're, you're like, I don't know, you just, you just pick a book like this. You, there's not a lot of people who get to do this. It's like five mm. total. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard thing to relate to, but you just don't know. I know when, when Connor's on here and I pick a random thing, I, I, one of the excitement, one of the part of the excitement is always just seeing what he'll say. Like at the, after I talk right. for a little while, he'll go, I really liked it. Or like, I hated this. <laughs> it, it, you know, it can, it's, it, it's good. So I'm glad. 
uh, you, uh, I like, I, sometimes I like to make sure we talk about the big Marvel books when you're on, uh, sure. cause, cause of your affection, uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, long experience with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing Spider-Man number nine twenty three. Uh, this is that we talk about this, this book a lot. Um, and I think I am just in love with the melodrama of what is going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, com- I've commented in the past that. I think it's really interesting that whatever Nick Spencer did to uh, take away Norman's sins and guilt or whatever, it should be really dumb. And <laughs> we should be spending all of our time thinking, come on, he's just going to turn back. But they have really lulled me into a sense where I believe, I just like Peter Parker does, that yep. he has changed. He has changed and he is a different person. And we know this isn't going to hold, but which creates a sense of tension like when it's going to, but, but it works even more. The tension's even higher because you want to believe you do believe. And actually they spent, I think that they spent time convincing us because yeah. at first, like, like they're letting us get our guard down. Mm-hmm. And then this, this sort of uh, existential threat of, of Dr. Octopus being so Dr. Octopus, just <laughs> prime doctor. It's very uh, suspenseful. And yep. it's it's very fun, uh, and I'm just I'm really enjoying it. It's not even like it's like this is technically amazing, but it feels good. Yep, I think. Yeah, and like, and I think if anything too, it's it's interesting in that I feel Marvel has really given Zeb uh, really good artists for oh. Spider Man. Yes, and, absolutely, and 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 man. I think that Ed McGinnis, who is being inked by Mark Farmer here, and I do not think that that is inconsequential, mm-hmm. is doing wonderful work. Yeah. 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 And, I, and it's just, it's one of those things where when the two are really in sync, like it just, it's just it, like, this is, this is kind of what I love about comics, right? Yeah. Like, in, like, like, it's, like, even just encapsulated in this issue, you get, a bunch of really cool, fun Spider-Man action. You get, uh, you get some fun, you get some fun jokes and you get, you get a bunch of drama, right? And well, the, the action like, scenes are just, you know, crazy, uh, panel layouts and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, dynamic, you know, canted angles on pages. Like when, when, you know, every, every time they show Oct- Octavius, he's, he's at a 10, you know like every page and it's great you can do that in a comic book you can't do that in a tv show it'd be exhausting right um so he's always arch and then of course you get norman sort of as that contrast to him you know Mm -hmm. who's like i'm shamed i feel bad ah when's it gonna go and also i think it's interesting that like um ed mcginnis who in my head has a very specific thing and it's like big shoulders and muscles and over like he spider-man in here looks like a five foot six normal guy who who's in pretty good shape mm-hmm. and then everybody around him is sort of you know overly cartoony or whatever right but spider-man himself is actually fairly like plain it's really it's interesting and which mm-hmm. doesn't seem like him like if you told me this spider-man was ed mcginnis I'd be, no it isn't there's no way <laughs> look and they they're they're gonna they're gonna give us a, a new spider-man t- toy in this issue i'm sure uh you know three four years down the line oh sure with uh, him and the 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 octopus arms on there and all mm. red and all that, and I was like, oh, love, I love when that happens. Um, Just enough body horror, 
right of the things like tapping into his spine yeah it doesn't really feel like anything oh my god it hurts and i was like oh it's the scariest thing yeah and then, like there, he- and then there's a, a bit of a joke in here where zeb lets ed draw rec rap we're like Which, parker right i was like something about that no. name right there it is look at the right. toes Yep. It was just like, like that's Ed McGinnis to me is always, he will always be the Hulk guy, right? Mm. He draws Hulks better than anyone else. Big, bulky, muscly superheroes. And so I think of him as a Superman guy. And I know that's not what he was uh, originally known for, but that's, I I mean, I can see that. I really liked that too. Yeah. Uh, And so, um, so, you know, I love that, like, There's just literally like a page where it's like, oh, Ed wanted to draw him. And so we so I wrote us. We basically wrote a scene in for that. Uh, and it, and like it worked. And then we get the ending, which is just like, oh, we're just talking about with all the normal stuff. We're just like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying. Oh, no. Oh, God, you're right. I forgot about it. I was looking at the at the arms mm-hmm. on Spider-Man as being the last page. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that was the end. Oh, yeah, yeah that hurt. Yep. That's like watching like a show or a movie about an alcoholic or whatever. And mm-hmm. the whole time they're like, we're off the stuff. And then like they have the laps or somebody forces them. Ugh, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's crushing. Yeah. I like that Peter specifically took out an airbrush and, and painted the, <laughs> like, and which would have the taken suit. forever. <laughs> yep. Would I wait for it to dry? Like the time, (laughs) the time that passed between him painting, starting to paint in the the second to last panel on the one page, Mm -hmm. and then the full page on the next page, that's going to be like two days. (laughs) I I think that the other thing too is I love what they've done with Peter and Jonah's relationship. Yeah. Like, Like that's just been fun. I was trying to think if that is, you know, because comics are the illusion of change and development, but nothing really is. But this kind of has, and it's been fairly consistent for a while. They yeah. actually they actually did evolve J. Jonah Jameson. Because I think it's possible they just ran out of jokes <laughs> in the right. context, or just anything. It was just like, there's literally nothing we can do with this one note character, so we have to move him along and then he's yeah. you know man out of time man out of his place in a different t- all sorts of things like that it's fun mm-hmm. it's been it's been delightful we're i think it's a, it's a good time for yeah, spider-man it's been a good run uh-huh so speaking of 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 things that are great about comic books do you, are you are you reading you reading any of the star wars books or darth uh, vader no because they're all uh they're all way too intimidating for me uh really yeah, yeah. I like. I mean, like, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like a huge Star Wars fan, sure. and so like none of that stuff that, is really just that definition. I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> like, you can be any flavor of Star Wars fan. There's like, it's like saying I like rock music. Like, I mean, sure, sure, but like, you know, I just saw the Ahsoka trailer earlier this week, and I'm just like, that looks like too much homework, and so I'm like, like I want to be excited by it, but it looks like there's a lot of things that I don't know. Couldn't so. care less. Yeah. Like, like, and I don't even mean it dismissively. I guess that's literally dismissiveness, sure. but I just like, it doesn't interest me. And, right. and, you know, and Rosario Dawson does interest me, but not that much. Yeah. Anyway. But so, so anyway, so I, so I, because it was on the list, I read it. Oh, wow. And, and I loved it. So, so I don't know, ha- but it, but it, and so I don't know, I'll let yeah. you tell me like it, I don't like, was this kind of like a one shot or is this something that has been building? It's part of a greater story, but it's interesting because okay. you were saying that you 
weren't uh, it was too much. And this right. is a narrative, but it's one of those things that is written in such a way that it really doesn't matter. It's Darth no, Vader. It's, it, I mean, that's how I felt. Like yeah. that's then that, so yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, no. So uh, Darth Vader number thirty six, uh, written by Greg Pack, Pock with uh, Raphael Ainko. All artists are Italian now, by the way. That's just <laughs> how it is. Federico Bli on colors and uh, <laughs> Joe Caramagna. He's an American, but still uh, on on letters. Still an Italian. <laughs> Yeah, sure. And I'm Irish. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I have never seen dismissiveness to the to the part in when I was in Ireland. I said my name was Flanagan and no one gave a shit because <laughs> there are four million Irish people and 60 million American Irish people. And we don't rate. I might be projecting. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the, I, 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 I only read two Star Wars series. I read the main Star Wars title, um, which has been pretty consistently fun. If not, like, not great, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's been worth my time. I can say that much. Sure. And then Darth Vader, which is all the way through. This is actually the second series of Darth Vader. There was an earlier one, but they didn't, they didn't put legacy numbering. But, like, uh, I've been reading these all the way through. I never got off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's basically just it's Darth Vader wandering around fighting and winning. That's, that's all <laughs> it is. So this issue is um, basically throughout the course of this series – Without us even realizing it, Darth Vader has k- killed a lot of droids. <laughs> and, you know, they they all, some of these are familiar. Uh, like the big reveal here is uh, BT-1 and Triple Zero. They're the, they're the black murder droids uh, that are, you know, an R2 unit and a, and a, and a, um, interp- or what a protocol droid. Uh, and they were in Karen uh, Gillen's original uh, run and, you know, they're fun, whatever. And then there's this big ball I forget what he's called. This big round droid thing. He's ridiculous. Anyway, like they all show up again and it's, it's like, listen, we have our chance to get revenge on Vader. He keeps killing us and we don't like it. And there's a <laughs> battle droid with a giant arm. Um, and like the first three pages, four pages are the, the droids all talking to each other and putting their plan together. And it's ridiculous. It's, it's so sad. Like they keep, they keep saying, well, we'll get to the plan, but we'll get this far. Well, what's the plan? We're still working on that. And like, it's so silly. Like if I was, a, if I was a 15 year old again, and I was in that when I, I, you know, when you were a baby, uh, and I was like, oh, Star Wars should be serious, which I do not agree with anymore. I mm-hmm. would have been so annoyed by this. But now as a, I have a good friend and he, uh, I, I talk about him a lot because I don't have a lot of comic book friends outside of Connor. Um, and he, he will send me pages or panels and just go, I love comics. And they'll be ridiculous <laughs> shit. And I was reading this and I thought of him because I was like, this is ridiculous. And it's really fun because of that, I think. Um, it's not a spoiler, but the droids lose. <laughs> That's the thing about the Darth Vader book. He always, there's never any, it's just watching hubris of the people who try to take him on. That's what the book is. Mm -hmm. Um, Is one of the droids, so their secret weapon is that one of the droids uh, had been destroyed by Vader, but Vader used some of his parts to rebuild himself. And so he thought, if I can get close enough, I can speak to my parts and we can control him. Didn't work. Darth Vader has the force. Um, You know, it's, uh, it's big goofy action. The art uh, is perfect for what it is. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's hard to draw. You know, even, um, I was trying to think, Salvador Roca was on Darth Vader for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he can draw this is perfect for him. 
You know, like if there was no faces. It was fine. Uh, you know, and this is, uh, I actually really like this art. Raphael Anko, um, sort of perfect for it. I really like his sort of sketchy Darth Vader. Um, does it, droids it, well? It kind of it felt Simonson in a way. In, in some, oh, um, totally. If you look at page 11 on the digital mm. comic, there's a, there's a drawing that looks sort of like Simonson, almost like, almost Frank Millery. The way yeah. that it's, it's, I guess Klaus Janssen is more appropriate, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's so dumb and silly. And it's not like, I think Connor, my erstwhile partner, like doesn't really want to spend too much time in these other worlds, but this doesn't feel like it matters. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. I don't want it to matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's yeah. good enough that it, it gets by. Like, I don't, I don't need... I don't I don't ever need Star Wars gaps filled in. This all takes place, I think, between Empire and Jedi. Mm. And that's fine. I don't like it's not really explaining everything. It's just look at this weird stuff that happened. Right. It was super fun, though. I, it's, it's, like I said, I, I just decided to jump into it. I wanted to, to, to read it. The The issue was fun. I knew nothing. I knew nothing about it. But and everything was told to me right there. I mean, that's one of the things that I love so much about Greg is like, oh, he's Greg just he's, a pro. He's so good at that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, yeah, it was great and it looked great and it was a, it was a fun read and it's a, right. It's just like, again, right. It's just like Spider-Man mm-hmm. just was like one of those things you just kind of love about comics. Like it could just be, yeah, give you a little bit of everything and just be and so you could, fun. You could, you could never read another issue of this and you might not. And you right. know, but that's what, this is what comics was to me. When mm-hmm. I first started reading comics is you pick something up, you read it, you have fun in that issue. You can keep going or not. You can read what came before it or not. It's great. You are always on this show on a week when Moon Knight comes out. Man, I can't tell you I, when I was like, oh, what books came out this week? It's like, oh, thank God a Moon Knight book came out. <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> the synchronicity of this is really is really something. Uh, but this week we got Moon Knight 25, uh, you know, obviously story by Jed McKay, uh, three artists because it's an oversized quote anniversary <laughs> issue. Yeah. I went in to look at something. I was like, it's how many pages? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also like a, a reprint all the way in sure. the back, but, uh, but art by, uh, Partha Pratham, uh, Alessandro Cupio, uh, Capuccio and Alessandro Vitti, um, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and letters by Corey Pettit. Um, look, I've been on the show enough to tell everyone how much uh, I I like this book, um, and I love what Jed is doing to reinvent, not necessarily reinvent Moon Knight, but really more. He's what he's doing more is reinventing uh, a rogues gallery for for Moon Knight, who really only had like two, maybe three true adversaries bushman who were his okay yeah bushman, i remember that bushman is one um and black specter who is in this is, is really the only other one and it's interesting um that it you know really took us a little bit to get to black specter uh and, and we really haven't seen bushman at all either like in some, some of the other stuff that we've gotten have been some new villains uh so you know he he reinvented zodiac a little bit here uh, uh, in, in this run. And so it's been, it's been a really, really good in addition to like adding more to the moon Knight mythos, uh, and, uh, just having a lot of fun with it. This book, oh, you, you, you can, I feel like moon Knight is a character who, I mean, obviously like he invites reinvention. 
Yes. Oh, a hundred percent to a certain and, extent. And like, and honestly, at the end of the day, what I really like about a Moon Knight book is you're you're guaranteed Moon Knight's really going to punch a lot of people in the face, and sometimes <laughs> that's just what I want from my comics. I just sure. want the hero beating up bad guys. I will say the one thing that you should always be able to count on is is panels of Moon Knight looking cool as shit. Yes. And I will say <laughs> it, it usually is a really fun place to watch artists, you know, draw the cape, right. you know, and the, the contrast of that white costume against everything else. And, mm-hmm. you know, how you want to do the hood or how you want to do the cape, you know, that's kind of just, it's like, it's like watching like a, like a, I was going to say jam music, but like musical improvisation because it exists over a, a thing that you recognize but as a sort of as a costume, as a, as a design and an image, it's, it's so fluid that it's always fun. I always think that um, the first time that I ever saw um, Jesus, uh, Justin, Greg Smallwood mm-hmm. uh, was on Moon Knight. And I, and I, I was not yep. interested in the story one bit. Is the, <laughs> I, I just read it for right. that, to look yeah. at it. Um, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where, look. Uh, Alessandro Capuccio, who has been the main artist on the series, is just is always turning out phenomenal work and will go down as a seminal Moon Knight artist. Right. Mm. Um, The the thing that that makes me a little upset is uh, for the first couple of issues and then uh, the main cover for uh, this is done by Steve McNiven. And I, I just can can we just get Steve McNiven to draw maybe just one issue of Moon Knight? I don't think you can. (laughs) I, I would really marvel he, if you're listening, please just give me one. I just has need he one. Done an interior in like a he long did. time. Uh, I feel like he did something recently, but like not a lot, like a run. No, 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 no. It's like eight pages in something. Right. Yeah. But I whatever. will say just, like, I, I flipped through this cause I was trying to find the credits and I thought the first just chunk of pages. Oh yeah. Uh, by Partha, uh, by Partha Pradeem were yeah, phenomenal. The, Oh my goodness! That sort of first page of whoever that is—I assume that's Mark Spector walking down the street. I don't know who it is, uh, but like it's a beautiful shot, and the the, mm-hmm. the buildings that he's walking between are kind of wedged out sideways, and the yellow lights coming from behind, and mm-hmm. you know all the the proportions are uh, stretched and 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 um, yep. idiosyncratic. Yeah, and then oh, even oh. just like the the intro shot of Black Spectre sitting on his throne or chair mm-hmm. or whatever—it was like it was just really really cool and then you get to the alessandro stuff and you're like oh wow this is awesome yeah um so the 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 long and the short of the the of this issue is basically it's a there's kind of three stories kind of being told here where uh black specter obviously wants to you know kill moon knight surprise surprise uh but he's more but he's acting more like uh a bit more of a uh a mafia don than um than anything else but like a really like creepy freaking menacing looking one right mm-hmm. uh where it's like oh you know i'll do you a favor and then you need to do something for me kind of thing um and then you know then the moon knight stuff kind of comes into play uh you know moon knight as um stephen grant goes to visit zodiac in in jail asking him like are you trying to be black specter you idiot uh and he and zodiac is like no absolutely not uh kind of thing but it's but it's a really cool it's a it's a great stephen grant kind of scene because stephen is is so calm cool and collected and talks 
you know, will some will sometimes relay thoughts that Mark uh, will will share, you know, in his head, basically, and um, and and, so, and it's and so it's a, a ton of great interplay there. And then there's a a whole scene with uh, with Eight Ball, which again is just like just <laughs> one of those like how is this a Marvel villain that keeps showing up in random places with the all eight the ball time head? with the eight ball head? Yeah. yeah. And so there's a whole scene where um, like they're talking about uh, like why eight ball is kind of a joke. And he's just like, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, I lost my job and he goes, um, Hold on a second. So they're, 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 I'm pulling up the scene. So basically, there's a whole spot where uh, he's like, "What happened to um, like?" What, he's like, "We don't talk anymore." Like, are you looking for a job? And he goes, "You don't know how to." He, like, he goes, "Do you know how to pilot a helicopter?" And he goes, "I'm a jet propulsion engineer. I designed and built a hovercraft in the shape of a ball rack. For God's sakes, I flew it around <laughs> even." And it's like, "Oh, right." Of course, like that's the kind of absurdity. And then basically like you just find out like he lost his job and there's not enough jobs for, you know, uh, serial loser supervillains is what he says, Uh, which which is just which is again, it's just great. But like the the thing I love about the series and the art, whatever is like, God is just so pretty to look at. And so um, I traditionally hate. Old. Like wartimey kind of flashbacks. Mm hmm. But I love Alessandro Vitti, and I've loved him ever since um, I first saw him on Secret Warriors, like way back when. Hmm. And there is a weird, uh, not weird, there's a bit more of a, a Losers vibe that from the, the Losers, the, uh, uh, God, who the hell wrote that? Um, uh, Andy Diggle and Jock. Andy Diggle, probably right. what yeah, Andy Diggle and Jock. Like. That's it. Yep. Uh, and so there, there's a, there, so like the interlude has a, has definitely has like a loser's feel to it, uh, which is, which is really cool, which kind of, you know, tells a little backstory on why, you know, the history that Moon Knight and Black Spectre have and, uh, you know, Jigsaw shows. So basically a bunch of villains kind of come out of the woodwork to try and like kill Moon Knight and Moon Knight, you know, uh, does it, does his thing and, you know, puts them all to shame. Um, but again, it's just like, thing I love about this book is one again, the story is awesome, but like the art is really what, what really keeps me coming back. And this was just another great one. Before we wrap up this part of it, I I will say that I'm going to give a warning now to comic book readers of a, of a, Mm. of an unsettling trend that I am noticing. And that is the drone fight. Uh, Uh, I think there was another book this week that also had a drone fight and I can't remember what it was, but I'm looking here and there's a drone fight and it's okay for now. But you're gonna want you're gonna want to watch that. If you're a comic creator out there listening and you think, hey, "What a drone fight in," you are you are edging towards towards a cliche which doesn't quite yes. exist. But please don't. Yeah, that like drone fights and AI fights. I'm already yeah. over them. It doesn't yeah. doesn't need to be. Just watch out. Just watch. It's the new. It's the new. Uh, I I got this. Yeah. Um. I don't know that that's true. I mean, right. whatever. And then at the very end, there's a reprint of like a classic, Bill Sienkiewicz. Uh, Black Specter issue, with story, which Dang. is just. I, I love, wish I love classic Bill. Oh wow! Look at that. Yeah. Oh, it looks like, it looks, it looks like, yeah. What was the? I forget what it was, but Marvel did like an adult line, 
Epic. Oh, somewhere. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it was like it was the before Max, but yeah, yeah. Oh, like no, yeah, like eighties. Yeah, the and it, it looks like that. Yep, and it's awesome. I'm not sure about this run of Miles Morales Spider Man. I uh, I see now that this is it's it says eight, but it's it's episode it's issue two hundred ninety. I've read all of them. <laughs> all of that's them. A, that's a that's a lot. Why can't I get the credits right on any of this script? I don't. I know exactly why. I was doing a thousand things today. Um, the uh, the writer on this is Cody Ziegler, uh, who is a TV writer. Did work on the She Hulk show, I believe. Mm. Uh, and uh, following up the a long Salad and Ahmed uh, storyline, which mm. I liked. I didn't love, but I stuck with it. And I think that the thing that's coming in here is that the vernacular of the characters changes every time a new writer takes over mm. because there's something to making them sound like authentic kids, which I respect, but also I believe that the reality is most of the people reading this are 45 year old men. I mean, let's, you know, if we're going to be honest, like you're not getting mm-hmm. the kids in, there's a drone fight in this. This is the one with the drone fight. <laughs> um, and I, I'm, I'm trying not to get over it, but I, I feel like we c- kind of reinvent the character constantly. He's, uh, Miles has this girlfriend who's the, the young vulture. Uh, like, I think she's good now. I don't know. I just, I just, I feel like I'm not getting a consistent read on who this character is and not in the sense like he's growing up and getting older because he should be, but he also isn't because he's the same age as far as I can tell. Um, the art was fun. Uh, Hobgoblin is the villain for this. Nothing really stood out about it. And I feel like eight issues into this one, I feel like I'm kind of stuck. If, 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 uh, do you read these? Do you, if you follow, I am not reading this one. Okay. In the last, in the, in the Salad and Ahmed, storyline basically this is going to be crazy you've never heard of this in a comic book but they broke spider-man down mm. all the way and you can see how far he can come back from but it was like he was kidnapped and, and, and tortured and 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 experimented on and all this stuff and you know they threatened his family and blah 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 and he came out of it and i don't know i feel like there's still a shadow of that over it i feel like it's kind of unresolved and i mean basically they spent half the issue with his girlfriend telling him he's like you should talk to a therapist this is hard and I don't know. I don't know if it's 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 pulling together for me, but I'm 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 loath to give it up because hmm. I've been reading it for so long, and I, I want to like it. Um, I I ordered these poorly. Let's go ahead, and I'm gonna we're gonna switch here to Night Terrors number one. We're gonna move that up in okay. in the thing, so it isn't just me talking. No, it's I, fine. I tried to read it. <laughs> um, I this is one of those things where, and I'm gonna have. Every retailer who listens to this be super mad at me about this, but I have no idea if retailers listen to this. Well, whatever. Anyway, this is a, this is, this is a book. So DC has got their, like, this is, I guess the first kind of event thing that they're doing with Donna DC. And I had been liking a lot of the, some of the, or not a lot. I've been liking some of the Donna DC books. And then when they do something like this, I just get really mad. Uh, Why? Why? I, because I just They're, like no no not you why are they doing oh, it yeah They're I don't know doing something already and they weren't done right I mean that's yeah. and that's it and so I was like well whatever let me let me give this thing and so like honestly none of this seemed incredibly appealing to me until I started flipping through it and the thing mm-hmm. I did first was like flip through it and be like oh 
some of this art's really nice in here. Yes. And then I went back and I read it. Mm-hmm. I could not really tell you what's going on. You but it was be an- able to as it is Night Terror's number one. Sure. This should be explained to you. And I, I thought, oh, you've already explained a lot of stuff somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's zombie stuff going on and nightmares mm-hmm. and everyone's evil looking and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what was great? The first three pages with Dead Man. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Yep. I, like, and almost I, I actually, to the point where like, I would love this, this team to give me a Dead Man book in this style. I, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I saw you put it on the list. I, I was going to, I'm skipping over the whole damn thing. I think it's two months of partial vacation from DC. Um, but I, I looked at the first couple of pages and Joshua Williamson, he's no slack. You know, like, it, he, I love Josh. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I, the first thing I was like, this is fantastic. If this is what it is, I'm going to give it a, oh, nope. <laughs> nope. Creepy eyed Joker thing that isn't Joker and Batman. I did I, I lost it. And then, so I started flipping through it quickly and I got to the page where they showed the quote nightmare stone. And I was like, mm-hmm. fuck, I stopped reading instantly. There's a yeah. talisman that's screwing everybody up. Whatever. <laughs> but it looked cool. Cause then you got some more dead man pages. I didn't even get, I didn't get that far. Oh yeah. yeah. I bolted and, after that. Um, you know, I thought the art looked good except like, you know, the, whatever the villains are that are going here, their designs, I just, it doesn't do anything for me. Just, it's called night terrors. So they're going to do some horror thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm not into that, which isn't, a, I just, but I feel judgment. like it's a thing that DC like does a lot. Well, and like, and that, isn't that normally like Tom Taylor stick? And like, again, <laughs> Well, like, I mean, the thing is, is, those were surprises in a certain way. Uh, deceased, you know, it was, it's, it, it breaks, the, you know, it breaks the rule of if you don't like a thing, but it's well done, then you can like the thing. Right. It, this is the pick of the week. You know, you don't like fantasy. Right. It's done really well. So all of a sudden it doesn't matter so much. Deceased is that. Uh, DC versus vampires was super fun mm. all the way through and it should have been terrible. So there was like a brief, because I knew this was line wide. I didn't, I didn't, I thought that's right. probably not going to be great, but I gave it five pages. <laughs> Give me a Joshua Williamson dead man book, please. Yeah. That's DC, all right. Let's just make it happen. I, I mean, Joshua Williamson, if, if you followed his career and you've read his creator own stuff, that dude is all over the place in terms of genre. And he's always mm-hmm. done horror to a certain extent. He did like right. a young Dracula series or book at Oni when he was much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing dark ride right now over at image, which is no, sort which of is a so horror good. series. It's a much better book than this. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but Giuseppe Camicoli on art. It always deserves a look. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's in here. So that's pretty nice. And those are the comics that we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, surprise, surprise. We went very long on those things, but we're about to make up some time folks because every week the patrons vote on a book that they would like us to read. And, uh, this week, surprise, surprise. It was the hunger in the dust. Number one by G Willow Wilson, Chris wild goose, Mzassic, uh, and Simon Boland. You may have heard about this uh, about 40 minutes ago. (laughs) Um, and, and we've already talked about the book and it's Um, great. Yeah, would have read it anyway, but as it is the patron pick, we talked about it. Uh, uh, we must give it ratings. Okay. Ratings. Uh, would you like to go first? What's the ratings out of? It's well, it's a one to five. Okay. You may you may slice that up and divide it any way that you would like. Okay. Uh, I would give it a four, and I'm still gonna read. I'm I want to read it still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
four. Four point two. Oh. Four point two. I am absolutely going to read it. Uh really great. Didn't blow me away, but very enjoyable and a surprise at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those, that's the patron pick. Uh, thanks to the patrons for voting, for supporting the site. I'm going to rip through this stuff really quick. You can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. You directly support the show. You unlock shows if you've enjoyed the talk explodes, the book explodes, the media explodes, explodes the hangouts. Uh, there's a great community on Discord and on Facebook. Uh, there's a new system thanks largely to patreon changing how they do things uh levels of support tiers things like that um i don't care what you sign up for uh it's it's really helpful it makes an actual genuine difference in our lives it makes uh this worth doing uh in more than just like the way of it being fun which means you're probably keeping it alive because i got other shit to do um uh, but thank you to everybody who who, who um, contributes and is part of it. Uh, it you know, th- touches me to my heart. You can go to com. There are shirts. There's our iFanboy Pride shirt. Half of all those proceeds, proceeds go to the It Gets Better project. There are 13 designs that you can put on t-shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops, and many, many other things. Uh, there's a PayPal link at iFanboy.com slash support. There is links on the site uh, for iFanboy.com slash Amazon uh to to purchase things through there it's an affiliate account you know how that works because you've been around and there's an internet uh and then there's bookshop.org which is a way to buy books uh on the internet but help out local bookstores as you do it you'll find those links on the website where we can and of course the patrons uh have this one other thing it patrons that give at five dollars or higher level on patreon.com slash ifanboy uh they get their own superpower and so i turn the mic over to you to bestow this- David Dunbar, uh, his superpower is that he will never, ever have to find an ink pad for his stamps. He just, he tu- <laughs> he, it's a niche problem. He touches it. He, he grabs a stamp, not a postage stamp, just like a stamp that you, you know, make you rubber know, stamp, rubber stamp. All he has to do, you just got to pick it up. It is inked. It's good to go. It's not even like over inked or under inked perfectly inked every time now what happens when he's he's stamped whatever he needed to stamp mm-hmm. and he needs to put it back down oh then it, it then it just loses the it loses all of the the ink so there's no staining no stain you could nope. keep you could keep that rubber stamp just in your pocket you could wear white pants around it wouldn't matter That's right wouldn't would not matter and like look david if you're smart you open up a small business okay and around the holidays, you just crush it, man. You just crush it. Is the is the is the stamp? Can it be any stamp? Any stamp? He well, does not do, like. He just he just has to pick it up. Uh huh. What is your what is your business plan? I'm not sure that it was very clear. Greeting or cards, the, gift tags, you, Etsy. The, the business plan is Etsy. You believe there's a market for stamped things? Look, all he's got to do, he's got to go, look, okay, look, I live in the South now, okay? Uh-huh. And there's a ton of, like, kitsch everywhere, right? Okay. Like, little vintage antique stores and, you know, whatever, right? I air-quoted vintage in my head. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. And so all he has to do is just set up shop during the holidays, right? Make the, the whatever store he's going to go visit, they pay him, and then he also takes a little cut- and he will uh, just like, look, you need like thank you cards. 
right? Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he probably has the nicest thank you stamps. Uh-huh. All he has to do is just, he gets them and he's just like, boom, 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 tap, 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 tap. And you've got a stack of 50 ready to go. Now, when I come up with the power, which is usually not very good, uh, usually it's related to whatever I was doing. So I'm curious, how have stamps been involved in your life recently that made you think of this? Uh, my wife just got me one. Really? That is a, uh, I'm like, I'm holding it up to the camera. Like there is one. It's a, it's a, it's, <laughs> this it's is called, a video show. No, it's not. It's called yeah. the gym seal of approval. And I have brought it to work with me. <laughs> and do you, do you use paper in your, <laughs> well, no. So what, what, what I do is, yeah, no, um, I send a lot of mail out, whether it's like, you know, uh, we'll send stickers out to some of our, podcast listeners and stuff mm-hmm. like that for um for any reasons and so uh it's become a shtick now that i huh. i also we also send like a thanks for listening note or whatever and then i boom stamp it mm-hmm. or if i'm like mailing a shirt out to someone or something like you know if we have a celebrity guest on and we'll put it in just like a regular yellow padded envelope and then i'll just i'll stamp it on the huh. on the back just so they know jim seal of approval yeah yeah that, that it came to my it came through my hands and i said this is okay to go I think that one of the saddest things about rubber rubber stamps is that <laughs> is that in my mind I'm always picturing a large vehement swing and a and a, <laughs> and a significant impact uh-huh. which doesn't really work with the mechanics of these devices. No. No it doesn't. But work. I bet it does for David. Yeah, uh, he doesn't even have to do it. He's just, he's just got to tap. Tap right. tap tap. But he can. Like if he he's can. if he's oh, very yeah. If he's very excited about a thing, like if he's yeah. like, I approve. Bang. And he's he's never got to worry about smudging either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No smudging. I mean, it's. <laughs> there you go, David. I mean, I think that you nailed the assignment and <laughs> what we look for <laughs> in this. Like it's it's dumb. Safe it's, to say, safe to say, no 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 one else has that power. You've no, given oh yeah, up. no, that's yeah, not okay. a thing. No, I'm just very specific. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's all. That's what we look for. Let's let's. Uh, OK, you know what? I'm, we're going for it. I'm having a good time. If not as late as I thought. Uh, Nito Bazito says he's been thinking about this question for about a year or so. And he asked, do you feel that the I removal love that, that stick is still going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. I don't even remember where it started. <laughs> and I know that we haven't explained. Did I ever tell you who it was? I don't think so. I'm not going to say it on the air because okay. I can't. It'll ruin it. Do you feel that the removal of comic sales from drugstores and convenience stores has negatively impacted the industry or maybe even totally killed physical comic sales? In the early 80s, when I was six or eight years old, there were spinner racks on the drugstores or 7-Eleven where I would drool over them and beg my parents to buy them. And when I was 10, I had a paper route and that was all I spent my money on. You must be the same age as me because when I was 11, that's exactly what I did. Uh, pretty sure that the early exposure is why I am a lifelong reader. If I had to rely on comic shops, I probably wouldn't have seen or even known about the actual comics until much later. The first comic ship I, shop I saw was in a mall in the 90s. Anyway, uh, he says, I have the best patron power ever. So I had to look it up. <laughs> and in episode 795, Connor bestowed upon him the power of tiny thunderstorms in his hand. Oh. Um, and I was like, that's pretty good. Um, do you do you have you're younger than I am? Do you have any memory of uh, spinner racks in stores? I do. Uh, my first the first comics I bought were off a spinner rack from a uh, local pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, like me too. And it 
man, I saw this and I have I have so many thoughts. So so just so buckle up. Mm-hmm. There there are some there are some uh, logical fallacies here. It, that it was just a totally different time. First of yes. all, and the thought that if comics were made more available elsewhere that people would pick them up or whatever um i don't think exists anymore in the oh, same it's, sense it's been demonstrably proven not to be the case right in the same sense that like when was the last time you picked up a magazine at the grocery store that was on the rack at the checkout counter no you look you you look at those and you wonder who picks these up right i yeah didn't but you makes total it's 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 interesting because like i remember i bought mountain bike magazines for a little while and then mm-hmm. then i stopped because i was like these aren't very good and then for a little while i had a subscription i actually really like like i really like esquire magazine i really sure. like outside magazine at one point i had a subscription because you get free subscriptions sometimes or right. you used to i don't know and it was outside and they just never stopped sending it <laughs> and i didn't have time to read i didn't read them and right. they piled up and I was, and I, and I like wrote, I was like, you can stop sending these. And they're like, no, nah, that's fine. Right. I, I couldn't get them to stop. Eventually they did, but I didn't read them. You don't even read magazines at the doctor's office anymore. Right. No, like that was the thing. Stupid right? phones. Yeah, exactly. And so I think, I think that the, uh, one of the things plaguing, I guess, if that's not over dramatic enough, mm-hmm. um, the physical comics and where you get them and, and all that is quite frankly, uh, the publishers do a pretty shitty job of, uh, marketing their books hmm. in, in, in all, in all instances. And so, um, I think, it's, yeah, I just well, assume people didn't want them. And so they gave up. Well, but I think I, you know, I, I look at, um, I picked up comics or I had a few when I was a kid that I got off the spinner rack that none of them made me diehard comic fans. I mm-hmm. didn't become a diehard comic fan until, uh, until they killed Captain America. And that was oh fairly recent, all yes, things considered. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, but what, but here's what, here's what those comics did though, did do though. Cartoons hit right at the same, right. Kind of at the mm-hmm. same time. It was the nineties for me. And so, you know, we were in glory days of those kinds of cartoons, right? For X-Men, kids, Spider Man, yeah. Like if you go back and rewatch that stuff, they do not hold up. They're all terrible. But right, same, same with would, my favorites. But yeah, right. But I was obsessed with that stuff, and it, and I was way more a X Men fan and Batman fan and Spider Man fan because of that mm-hmm. than any book I may or may not have picked up from a spinner rack. And it was my love when I got older and had a bit more disposable income and saw Captain America dead on the front page of the Daily News. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, they did what? And that's how I got in. I started reading forwards. I started reading backwards. And that's what got me in. To me, at the end of the day, a good story featuring characters you are aware of or know and love are way are a way more effective tool at getting people to seek out physical books than just making them more available. So several thoughts. (laughs) I believe now that the comic book is 
a niche object. The printed comic book is a niche object. Like vinyl. The people who want them are buying them and no one else wants them and you couldn't make them want them if you tried to. But they have tried to. This is the thing about like if you, you know, if all the people go to see superhero movies, like they don't want comic books. They want superhero movies. They're different things. Now, there are very valid business reasons for why this thing happened. Um, first of all, if if uh, everybody made a lot of money from selling comic books at mm-hmm. uh, drugstores and convenience stores, they would still sell them there. They don't. Yep. Uh, one thing that's different is that they were not just the, the direct market and the newsstand market were different, different things. The direct market was what it is now. It's uh, you order non-returnable items. Uh, they're delivered to comic shops. Um, that's one thing. The newsstand market, the periodical market uh, is returnable. Uh, most of the magazines, I don't know if it's possible this change, but I believe it still works that way. Uh, store orders magazines, what they do not sell, they send back for a refund. Yep. Um, this was a problem for the comic book industry. And it turned out that they were making, uh, the sales were dropping on those things and they were making more money in the direct, the, the um, uh, the direct market and, and the other, the newsstand market was too risky. They would, you know, they'd sell stuff and then they would get a bunch of it taken away again. This happened to, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm talking out of school. It was long enough ago. I don't care. This happened to DC Comics. Um, at one point, Barnes and Noble had amassed like a lot of books that they didn't sell and returned all of them at once. And it was like enormous financial hit to the publisher. Um, which is, you know, it's one of those things like it's really easy as an outsider to say, I, I mean, I, I, I would say that that probably had a hand in Vertigo not being a thing. Sure, I guess. Uh, I, I, you know, it's really easy as an outsider to say, "Well, why don't they just put them in all these places?" Well, there's all sorts of business reasons and rules that it doesn't work. If it made tons of money, they would do it, and it's a nice idea, but in in practice, it didn't catch on. Um, I think there's lots of reasons, but I couldn't tell you. I've been doing this a long time. I couldn't give you a reason why people gravitate towards comic books. Like, there's lots of reasons, but mm-hmm. it's not because you. It used to be because you liked superheroes. Because when I was a kid. I did like superheroes and they were toys and I always had, and you wanted more of them. And for me, the, the cartoons either non-existent or too far and few between or not good or whatever. And so that's when I was like, Oh, there's these comic books. Luckily over time for me, I got into the craft of it, which is the thing that I most appreciate. I mean, I still have affection for characters and stuff like that. But if, if it was, you know, if it wasn't for the craft, I don't think I would still be in this show, right. I guess has something to do with it. But, um, yeah, that there's, you know, they could put all this stuff back in stores and, and it wouldn't make a bit of difference. Uh, and also I am talking in here about, um, mainstream comic books, certainly mm-hmm. issues. Uh, I'm not talking about the, you know, gangbusters, uh, publishers, uh, mainstream publishers of, of, you know, graphic novels and YA stuff and things, different thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, comics, you know, and you're talking about Marvel and DC can't do a thing out of it. If you're Dark Horse, forget it. You're not getting in there. The dark right. the direct market is your that's your that's your that's your lifeline. That's all there is. Um and it was designed that way. <laughs> so which is why, you know, the same reason why why retailers want to make you pre-order. Because if they buy it, they're stuck with it. Razor thin mm-hmm. margins. Uh, you know, they're guessing with their own money, they're making a bet every week. Um, you know, and so so that's how it is. Uh, 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 next one. We're gonna do one more. Super short, I think. Yep. It depends on how long we go. Uh, but fun. Scott from Oregon. We all know that Matteo Scalera needs to stop it. 
I got to wondering, though, are there any living comics artists who you thought at the time should stop it? And they did actually stop it. And now you're kind of bummed that they stopped it. And you haven't seen much of their work anymore. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, on our, on our, we, we were talking about black science for a long time. Mm. Every time we got to Mateo Scalera, I'm explaining the joke. The joke would be, you know, like, this guy needs to stop. There are other artists out here. And he's making them feel bad about themselves. Mm. And he mm. needs to knock it off. Mm. Because this oh, is far well, too. Then I've got one at top. I got one top of the list. Easy. Go ahead, Jerome Pena. Oh, yeah, a, a Rick Remender adjacent artist. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yep. You're right. Yep. Oh man, he needed to stop it, and, and I he mean, did. he hasn't. He hasn't dropped off. Like he's not gone. He's around. No. You know. Right. Uh, uh Scotty Young. Mm. I get why scotty has configured his career like he did yes and he's made a lot of wonderful comics that if there's a good chance that many people do not really even know he did art in sequential comics mm -hmm. um but i was reading one of his books recently that he writes he writes great comics now he's gotten really good and i just thought man i can't remember when he's done sequential art in such a long time and i was bummed out yeah I was like, oh, that's that's terrible. We were yeah. just talking about Steve McNiven earlier. Mm -hmm. um, there's a ton of guys like that. You know, yeah. uh, Travis Charre. Yeah. Uh, Mark Silvestri is one of those for me, too. Yeah. I did you read guy. Did you read the Batman? I did. Yes. It's I mean, great. it was great. But um, like, you know, knowing that it took a decade to do, I was like, oh, God, we'll never see him again. Uh, another one that uh, we actually came up, I don't remember if it was on the show or offline, but we were talking about Daniel Acuna. Oh man, I love Daniel Acuna. Yeah, and he kind of oh, dude's so good. Well, I mean, he did he did a bunch of that most recent Black Panther run. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, he disappeared man, I to love, me. I guess that's not yeah. good. But uh, he did, but you know, man. he did some of it, but it wasn't like he was on a book every month for a really long time. Yep. And, and a lot of times, when somebody disappears, uh, you know, it's either because they couldn't get work which shouldn't be the case with people who just needed to stop because it's it's, right. it's too good or they got pulled into movie or video game land. movie video games they they went wait a minute i can do covers and i make yep. the same money or more and i don't destroy my back and i have a life um all sorts yeah. of reasons but one um, of the one of the 90s guys that i love and like he just started posting again on instagram is uh steven platt mm -hmm. oh. I, I loved steven platt I mean, I would have said Steve Lieber, but mm. he actually had a little, he had a comeback. But for a while, I was like, this guy's one of the best guys. And then- um, Oh, but you know what I hate though? Mm. This is, this is going to sound terrible. Can't wait. Anytime an artist goes to do a book with Mark Millar, I feel like we never see them again. Hmm. Stuart Eminen. Goran. Um, Goran Parlov. That's him. Yeah. Yep. Didn't Stuart Eminem like officially retire? Well, he did, but like, and like, don't get me wrong. I understand the Mark Millar deal is a very, very good one. And so I, I sure. do not begrudge any artist doing that. No. But it and feels it's a real, like. It's a real sign of honor too. It I is. Mean, like, because he, he works with great, like say what you will about the guy, about whatever. He has a great eye for art. He, he works yep. with great artists only. Yep. Goran Parlov, I miss him so much. <laughs> he was fantastic. Yep. Stuart Eminen is also a fantastic example. That yep. guy, I mean, there is no better 
comic book storyteller. Yeah, I Stuart is is one is a to me a modern Rushmore mm-hmm. comic artist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabriel Hardman is probably oh. what I would say. God, I got, I'm just looking at a piece I've got hanging up on the wall from that guy. I love that I'm, guy so much. As she said, I am looking at my Stuart Eminem pages in front of me, <laughs> um, and then I sort of went to the right, and there's you know. There's a Kirby cover in between, and that's the Kirby's not original, but the Imminent and the, and the Hardman is. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Gabriel Hardman is a, a very successful uh, um, storyboard artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just did the, the Indiana Jones movie, um, but he's a he's a wonderful comic book storyteller, completely singular in style uh, and just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not doing sequentials, all sorts of reasons. Uh, one of right. them is that being a, being a full time <laughs> comic book artist can be a bit of a drag. <laughs> yeah, you know, once you achieve it, and then you then you're locked into the process. It's 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 a uh, it's a haul. Yeah, I'm looking around. <laughs> I kind of think like I think it's actually this came up on a, on the patron is that the, somebody said that same thing about Miller, um, and then somebody also uh, mentioned uh, Chris Somney. Mm. And it's not that he's not doing comics, but he sort of got out of that mainstream part of it. So right. He he's doing, he's doing a lot of creator owned stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. And he did firepower, but it's not in like the weekly churn of, right. of, you know, mainstream comics, which fortunately or unfortunately, like I, you know, like that's what we end up focusing on here and spending all that time. So I, I tend to not, that's outside of my sort of weekly mm-hmm. viewpoint and there's no other time. Um, yeah. So I'm looking around. I have two pieces of Gabriel Hardman sequential or art on my walls. I, got stuff. A, I, have a, I have a Diodato piece hanging. Really? A Scotty piece hanging. Yeah. But I got is it a, a page or is it a, it's a page? A, yeah. Before he went fully digital from um, what? From dark Avengers. It's a shot. Wow. The, it's a shot of the century flying out of Avengers tower. Wow. Uh, it's a great, it's a great piece. And then I've got a, let's see, I've got a, a page by Dave Marquez, who I know is still like, do, he did a bunch of stuff at DC and is doing stuff kind of on his own but about like oh man i love dave marquez yeah um, he's a guy who um he was good or whatever but he got he got so much better yes That's sort oh, of yeah. by you know like the last whatever the last stuff i saw was it was just you know leaps yeah. and bounds from where he started really impressive yeah <clears throat> i think this could go on and on because of the sort of churn of of making professional comic books in this way but you know like i you know yeah, Walt Simon said she'll be should still be doing books at like Marvel. Like he, should, like, he should him and him and John Romita Jr. should be able to do everything they want for as long as they want, <laughs> and everyone should buy it. And it's stupid if they don't. Yeah. Hey, I got one. John Byrne. Oh, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't really know what happened to him. I know that he sort of fell out of favor. But if we're just talking about art, yeah, I, I bet he can still draw. I bet he can still draw the shit out of comics if he wanted to. And I think it would be awesome. Um, and I know there was stuff that came out and it was like, this isn't what it used to be. I don't care. <laughs> you know, he's awesome. Um, those were good letters and we went over because of it. So I'm going to uh, go through the rest. Um, Sorry, thanks for one, writing one, in one more, one more. Yes, please. I'd love to see Kevin Eastman return to interiors at some point. Really? Oh hmm. yeah. Yeah. Big Kevin Eastman fan. I mean, Mignola. Yeah. Um, I actually, I loved Peter Laird when I was a kid. He mm. was my favorite because mm. it was more cartoony yeah. um, and the other sketchy stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, good answers. Uh, contact at ifanboy.com. 
uh you can you can send us letters uh, a couple of good ones here so uh, that was excellent more of that um if you want to send one to our media explode show which is non-comic stuff uh, you can do that just mark that in the subject line uh this month by the way our media explode will be the summer mailbag so we will be uh coming out with that uh using your very letters uh so that we don't have to think of things to talk about uh let's see the this if you're listening to this there will have been a hangout uh this past weekend uh if you are a patron you can still access that that'll be there uh previously uh two weeks ago i released um a talk split with howard chaikin easily easily my most remarked upon show uh i have i've ever or interview show that i have ever done um you know mixed feelings sort of about some of the things he said but uh kind of a firebrand he's been, he's kind of been around long enough to you know, sort of have every opinion and kind of have earned it um scared the hell out of me uh not him <laughs> but just the like you know i think i know comics but if i'm talking about a guy who's a 50 plus year veteran mm-hmm. uh who knew everybody from the golden age on through to today you know i don't want to look dumb and so uh like it was, it was i was, was so happy just what, a, what an honor mm-hmm. um uh, this, this, by the way, just, just for the record, uh, Jim, I don't know if you ever go back to doing creator interviews again, like you used to mm. in the long form, but you were great at it. I oh, really I appreciate it. Liked that. it. Second best guy doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there was a book explode this past week that came out. Uh, Connor and I talked about it's lonely at the center of the earth by Zoe Thorogood, uh, an irritatingly young, uh, creator with, with a, with a, a heck of a lot of talent. Um, book's kind of a bummer and kind of uh, delightful all at the same time, which is good art. Uh, there will be a media explode uh, after that. Like we said, that's the mailbag. Um, and at some point in the future, there are a bunch of movies coming out. I don't remember what they are, but there will be shows for some of them and, and not others. Wouldn't hold my be- my breath for Blue Beetle, from what I can tell. Uh, Justice League War World, though, is, will feature the animation Brain Trust. Uh, they will talk about that at some point. I won't because I don't do that. Go to ifmbo.com. You can find 1,300 shows and more and counting. Uh, you can get podcasts wherever you can get podcasts. You know that because you're listening to this. I don't know why we say this. Uh, we are at ifanboy on Instagram. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And sometimes there's the best of the week in panels there. Connor's out this week pillaging and whatnot. And I have to remember to do that. You can follow Connor and I at uh, CS Kilpatrick and Jay Flanagan on Instagram. Jim, where are you? Uh, Jim Viscardi everywhere, including threads. Which, you know, ah. I figured I'd, you know, land grab there. I'm not doing any of the other bull crap. No blue sky. None of that other stuff. Uh, do you want you want to do this next bit? Sure. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube, youtube.com forward slash iFanboy, where you'll find all of their old video shows. And uh, they post a show every, and they post this show every week. Please consider writing a review or leaving a star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and tell them Jim sent you. Would you, would you like to, the show will last forever. I have a story. I have a story about YouTube, a short fatherhood story. The other night, my, my son, uh, my nine-year-old son was reading a book and ooh, longer story. Lindsay comes home from the library and they mm. have gone there and they picked up some book and books. And Lindsay says to me, Lindsay's my wife, uh, uh, you know that, uh, uh, Hey, do you know the person who made this book? And, and it's kind of a running joke around here, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes I do. And sometimes I, but whatever, like my kids do not give, could not give less <laughs> of a shit. Like I know, like they probably think that other dads are like, I know the guy who did that book, you know, like, and they just don't care. But this one, uh, was, was, uh, rainbow roll book. 
And I said, oh, okay. I, I was like, I actually do know her and she's fantastic. These books are going to be great. I looked at the calendar. This is, this is, I, I, I overshare. I looked at the calendar and it was one year to the day that I had been laid off the year before. The day I was laid off, I was scheduled to do a Talksplode that night with Rainbow Roll. Oh, nice. But here is oh. the thing, and I don't think I've said this. Here is the thing that makes me speak of her with enormous affection. I had, I was in a shit mood, obviously. And, but I, I went through with it. I scheduled, I got her there, you know, and I figured it would make me feel better. And it did. End of it. I said, we're off the air. And I said, I said, I, I really appreciate this. Uh, I, ha- I had a really rough day, left it at that and said, uh, you know, like this, this really like helped me get my head out of it. And I always enjoy talking to people and, and thank you so much for your time. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, what happened? And I was like, uh, I was like, I lost my job today. And then she talked to me for a while. Hmm. And she checked up on me for months afterwards, Aww. like went through the thing or whatever. And so I just, like, I sent her a note and I was like, you got this, it's a year to the day. And this happened. And my son brought home your book and that's nuts. That's cool. What I started with though, was that, um, Henry is reading her book and I go, oh, that's manga. It looks like manga. And he goes, manga. And I was like, Hen- Henry, <laughs> I, I, I don't pull this a lot, but do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't fucking believe me so i opened up youtube uh, and i googled i fanboy manga and we started talking and i was and i was like see and then he made me look it up on google to see that i was pronounced and i was like of course i'm right i was like i'm kind of an expert <laughs> like not even just in my own mind and i had to convince him anyway uh i love it i yeah. love it uh, what's going on over there at comicbook.com? Well, I can tell you it's going to be one interesting Comic-Con this year, folks. Oh, shit. It's probably I... going to be the most, it's going to be the best for, it's going to be the best comic book San Diego Comic-Con there's been in a very long time. That's fascinating. I think mm-hmm. I just put together why you had mentioned the SAG strike in the yes. way that you did. Right. Holy shit. Normally, they're not allowed to promote anything. Normally, by now, I will have set up a schedule where, and I have ordered furniture and a set and go all out and, you know, basically be uh, interviewing celebrities and creators and all that stuff for three days straight, basically. So you've got, got no writers and no actors. Yep. Huh. Well, hey, it's the year that comics get to shine. That's right. It's going to be <laughs> nothing but Todd McFarlane for three hours. I'm I'm down with that. Only only ask him. I'm only going to ask him four questions, and it's going to be three hours. Listen, I only want to hear the answer to one question. Okay. Why I'll do you sound like you. you're from Brooklyn, but you're from Canada? <laughs> Why? It doesn't make sense. It has to happen. It's got to be because he's a big baseball fan. Yeah, sure. And also, like you know, like, like a comic guy. Like when he broke in, right? That's what everybody in comics sounded like. So he had to be like, yeah, I'm talking to you guys over here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was super fun. Thank you. Of course. I lost my job. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So that, that'll wrap it up. We did enough show. We definitely did enough show. I'm Josh. I'm Jim. Awesome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bailing me out this week. Uh, it was delightful. See you next week. Doesn't it make you feel better? 
The pigs have won tonight They can all sleep soundly And everything is alright